Welcome to ATL in 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chouinard, and I'm here with Tyler Jones. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing okay. It's Halloween, and, you know, been passing out candy to the kids, so that's been pretty cool, but outside of that, you know, nothing, nothing major going on. Are you, like, all suited up in your costume? No, I don't do. I, <laughs> no? Not that, not that important to me. Okay. Uh, I had a couple of Cleveland people digging up a three-year-old tweet that is no longer statistically accurate. Uh, because Larry Drew got hired it as interim but not interim, and nobody really knows what he is, head coach of the Cavaliers. And the, the stat was the this. voice of the Cavaliers. Voice of the Cavaliers. I guess he's the voice now. He just... Mm-hmm. Okay. Not the, the voice. He's just the voice. Well, mm-hmm. there, were, there were three teams in NBA history that didn't have a winning streak. And it was one of the 1980s Clippers teams. The, I think the 2004-05 Hawks. And the 2013-14 Bucks all went an 82-game season without a winning streak, and Larry Drew was part of all three. He was part of that 0405 Hawks team. Uh, somehow, as like an assistant coach or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he was on the staff of all three teams that didn't have a win streak. But the Sixers, uh, I want to say 15-16 that year, they won 10 games. They had no winning streak either. So that that stat. For everybody from Cleveland that went digging for that stat, it's no longer accurate. I know you're not listening to my podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good to know. You know, keep them up to date. But uh, no, that's interesting. Uh, that 0405 Hawks team actually was the first Hawks team that I think I was a fan of. Uh-huh. Uh, interestingly enough. I was uh, I was a fan yeah. of like the '80s Clippers when he was on that team. Just like in their all their awfulness, there were a bunch of players on that team that I liked. But yeah, so like '04-'05, I was a fan because uh, you know they had drafted Josh Smith and okay. he went to um, Keaton High School before he transferred to Oak Hill Academy. Right. And uh, as a Merida High School student, I'd actually seen him play. Okay. And it actually like I. Like I know, like you know, he he was kind of well known within Cobb County, so sure, it was pretty dope that a local got drafted, and you know, he was pretty good that year. I mean, he was pretty, you know, he had a great career, relatively speaking. But uh, you know, it was pretty dope to see somebody you knew, um, being in the NBA, uh, because he like he definitely lived around where where our high school was, even because mm-hmm. we would see him come to our high school, come to. Marietta McKeecher in uh games because that's a big rivalry down here. And uh, you know, it was just it was just pretty cool. Uh but yeah, so it was really Josh Smith got me springboard into being a Hawks fan. And then later Joe Johnson kind of solidified it. But that's just some uh nostalgia talking. But uh Yeah, you know is is Joe Johnson that, still in the league this year? Like is he on a roster? He's retired uh he's not retired. I don't he's not on any team. Oh wow. Yeah, he, he wasn't too good in Utah last year and then he went to Houston and that was big, like he was kind of unplayable. 
right. for the well, Rockets. And that that wasn't really going to be his style, anyways. Yeah, they you know they, they just need you know the, he just doesn't have the legs anymore, really. Right. My goodness. So you know it's just yeah you know, he's had a great career, so mm-hmm. it had to end sometime. But kind of might end in a quiet way the way it's going this like this that's kind of sad i hadn't even thought of it until you brought it up it's like wait where is he now my goodness well i mean that it fits his career very quiet (laughs) oh no no. okay i have no good segue so i'm going to backtrack what do you think of the cleveland cavaliers since we brought up larry drew before i mean i don't know not much to think about um find it interesting Larry Drew is trying to haggle for more money but I don't <laughs> okay don't really know why he he's still in you know I I don't know you know Larry Drew um he's a professional so I guess you know he's got to do what he's got to do but sure I don't like to me I don't think he's going to get that many you know head coaching opportunities so I don't know how much leverage he really has outside of that not really much to say about the Cavs team. They're old and their young guys just aren't, you know, they're young and, you know, not really all that exciting to watch. So, yeah, I'm not too high you know, on Colin no, Sexton. No LeBron. Eh, you know, I think Colin's going I mean, to be it's fine, early. but it's just he's young too. He's a year young. Like, he's, he's only 19. So, that's true. And he, he's got talent, but, um, I don't know. It's just hard. It's just hard in this league uh, to be good at that position when you're when you're that size and you're not really a great shooter. Right. It's that's, just an uphill battle. We kind of saw it with Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. It, it's just only so much you can really impact the game at that height if you're just not a like if you're not a knockdown three point shooter, a good to great shooter at this level. Like it's, it's hard just to to make your mark on on the game. Um, and he, he's, he's just got a lot of work to do, but he's got talent clearly. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can put it together, but you know, you know, player development takes time. That's I true. Think, and point uh, guards take the longest. Yeah. And that's something that needs to be, you know, keep in mind when watching him play, like it took Kimba four years before he was the basketball player that, you know, before he was really good. Uh-huh. Right, and he was a four-year player at college. You know, four-year career, long career at UConn, and it took him four additional years until he really turned it up. So you know, just just you know, with young young basketball players in general, it's just hard. You know, okay. that that's something. You know, if we can segue a bit for the Hawks, something there, they're probably going to struggle with. You know, because. Winning it, winning the NBA is tough. You know, you you got to bring it on a nightly basis, and you know when things aren't going your way, you got to find other ways to you know affect the game. And I find, you know, me probably something that's frustrating is that you know Trey Young is probably the youngest. Trey Young and Kevin Herter are the youngest basketball players on the team, but for you know every game they're out there, they're at least. You know, they're at least if they're failing, they're failing in the right way, right? It's not through to uh, they're like, all right, their jump shot's not following well. I'll you know 
try to become a better playmaker in Trey Young's case, which, you know, he, he just has natural talent that way as a basketball player. But, you know, a herder, he brings it defensively um, every night. And that's not something you can say with guys like, you know, if I got to call two guys out, Alex Lynn and Torian Prince, you know, they, <laughs> they're very much, they're very much dependent on their offensive game where they don't have it going offensively. It bleeds into every aspect of their game. And it, and it really just, it just hampers the, you know, it, it, it really kills the team when two guys, you, you know, this team relies on Torian Prince in particular, you know, when they're struggling, they kind of get in their head a bit and they take themselves out of the game instead of, you know, fighting. Uh, it, you know, I, you, you really, you know, as somebody who watched the Hawks for a long time, you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing I appreciated from watching Al Horford um, all those years is that, you know, regardless of what Al Horford was doing offensively, he always brought it. He always brought the effort. And, you know, he all, he was always mentally in the game, like every possession. He always brought it. It didn't matter how well the team was going. It didn't matter how he was going individual offensively. Uh, it didn't matter if he was even getting beat up on the boards. He was still fighting and competing, and you could always respect that. Um, and it's just something, something that, that has to be learned. You know, you can, you can learn that over time. Like, you know, it's, it's okay that Torrey, you know, gets frustrated that his shot's not falling. Um, but it's not okay that, you know, his effort wanes when that happens. And he's just, he's just gotta get, he's gotta get tougher mentally. And a lot of these guys do. It's something we talked about even with Trey Young early in the season. You know, credit to Trey, he's gotten better. Uh, even when his shot's not falling, just staying in the game, um, running the scheme, running the, doing what he needs to do as a basketball player in order to set other guys up. But you know, you'd like to see your, you'd like to see Torin, somebody who's been in the league three years now and been a starter for two, um, going into this season, uh, just to show a bit more, show a bit more um, uh, on the defensive end when things aren't going his way and. You can really say the same with Alex Lynn because, you know, last night was his best game of the season, and he really brought it on both ends after he got going offensively. And, you know, that's – you know, that means it's kind of frustrating. But, you know, well, I have, at the same time – I have a lot of ways I want to go with that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I kind of wanted to, to run with your Al Horford tangent, but I'm afraid I'll take you too far afield. Maybe we'll come back to that later, but – because – because I think it relates to, to what Budenholzer has in Milwaukee at the moment. But I, w- I was playing with an analogy early in the season and not in just a flattering way. But I was going to go with the absolutely ridiculous, you know, baby Hawks, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Amari Spellman, and, and, you know, the ridiculous comparison to Golden State with it being you know, Steph Clay and Draymond. And it's like, if if you take that and extend it by one player, Torian's kind of like the Kevin Durant. But, I mean, it's it's, it's not a perfect analogy, but in, in this sense, like, you know, he's the big player who, you know, can score 20 points. He's the big player who, if... You know, you get into the last 15 seconds of a game and you kind of just want to go one-on-one at the end. 
he might be the player that you want to do that with for the Hawks. But at the same time, when he's out there with some of those other players, it feels like he's he's just breaking the system. Like he he's breaking the system on offense. He's breaking the system on defense. There's just an awful lot of freelance where it just it doesn't feel like he's dancing the same dance as the rest of the team. He, uh, if we can summarize, like he offensively, he's doing too much, right? He's right. He's dribbling himself out of good position offensively, and then, you know, his defense, like his defense, is so predicated on his offense. When he has to go in offensively, he brings it. He brings the effort. He brings the intensity. See, I don't know that that's necessarily true though. Like, if you take it really, really big picture, like his first season. His defense was good, but he wasn't a very good offensive player yet. And then last year, his offense got a whole lot better, and his defense wasn't going with it. I mean, yeah, well, really yeah, that was picture. that was last season. That's you know, Torrens. Okay. Torrens defensive escapades last season. That's that's normal. I'm talking about you know this season. Okay, just this season. He has All brought right. it to me. He's brought it more than he did last season okay, when he sure. had it going. But the like the last two games have been pretty bad. Um, on his hands where I feel like he's just getting frustrated um, because, you know, he doesn't want to fail, right? He wants to do well. Uh, you know, everything, he it's not like he's being over – he's not being selfish. He's just trying – you know, it to me, like he has the highest usage percentage on the team at the moment, and, right. like, to me, it's really not his fault. This team this team can't score in right. half court. Uh, if Trey Young is not generating the offense for – for them, they they can't get a decent look, and so like you know, Torian, as the other guy who can get his own shot, right? You know, he he's doing more than he's probably capable with the ball in his hands. He's just not that crafty of a ball handler yet. He he might be able to get there, but right now it's not there. Where you know, if his shot's not falling, he really can't draw fouls. Um, he just doesn't have the handle to do that, and. Uh, you know, ideally you would like to see him work more off the ball and try to get open that way. But, you know, without really anybody to – without – without with only Trey Young to really be able to set him up, like, you know, it's – there's only so many in the game where Trey Young and Torian Prince are sharing the floor. Like, you know, there – and then there's only so many – like, you can't, ha- you can't ask Trey Young to, you know, do everything for the team at the moment. Like, that's not – that's not, you know, reasonable. Um, so, like, Torian's got to take some some share of the load. And, like, to me, he, he it just feels like he's he's suffocating due to the fact that, you know, his his pick and roll partner that he found success with the second half of the season was John Collins. And, you know, John Collins sure. been hurt. You know, this team. <laughs> he's going to make a lot of his pick and, and roll it, partners look better. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody misses, everybody misses John Collins on the sure. team except because, you know, he – he creates open looks for you by his by his gravity around the rim, and you know without him without him being on the floor, Torrance just finding it difficult to you know get quality looks um, because he can't really create it one and one on one without right. you know somebody doing the work you know initially. He has to he has to take an advantage dribble um, where somebody you know uh, penetrates the defense and then kicks out. I mean that's true to a um, point. Like if we back way up, like. I mean, Torian is a really good shooter. Like, 
really, really good. He has an incredible shot. I mean, and he's he's a player who was like at Baylor. He was like a power forward playing in his own defense. So like all the stuff that he's grown at defensively and offensively. I mean, it's a huge credit to him that he's gotten to be this good playing as a wing in the NBA. But you know, you were talking about Trey and Torian being the two players that that can make something, but. It's not like one or the other has been on the court at all times. In fact, the teams look pretty good when they're both off. Well, they look good when – I mean, they look good when they've gone to these all-defensive lineups and they generate turnovers and get out in transition. In the half court, they can't create a good look. So if they're not generating turnovers, they okay. got nothing. And Torian, uh, that, that's the other thing that Torian's very good at. Like, in the fast break, he's really good. I mean, there are a lot of players on the Hawks who are just – it's been kind of dismal, some of their transition opportunities that they've had. But Torian, he'll get a good look, whereas some of his teammates don't on, on the fast break. But, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's more than just the defense, though, because DeAndre Bembry's done it at times without necessarily, you know, when it hasn't been defensive, when it's been straight up half court. Jeremy Lin last night, you know, he was running pick and roll with Deadman and getting the ball to the right places for Deadman. I mean, part of it is that Prince isn't, it's not that he's not a willing passer. He's just not a gifted passer. Like his passes are always a little bit off and he's just, I don't think him and he and Bazemore is a natural pairing. Like they're, they're too similar. Like they're both too turnover prone. They're both a little bit erratic at times. Kim Bazemore before, you know, last game was actually pretty solid. I mean, he's been you know, good, but there's just a he's. I mean, if you take the long view, he's kind. Bazemore's kind of a high turnover player, and so is so is Prince. I don't entirely trust them to run a pick and roll without you know coughing it up more often than they probably should. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's the drawback on this team, right? It, uh, you know, it's really just Trey Young who you really trust with the ball in his hands. Anybody else, it's really, you know, it's got to be an advantage um, generated through ball movement and passing. And, you know, the issue that Torian has ran, ran into is that, you know, when he gets the ball, the ball kind of, he, he just takes, he's dri- like, he just. He's kind he's of a taking, ball stopper. Go ahead, say it. Because that's what, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Really, he kind really of disrupts I mean, the flow a little bit. Kevin. Yeah, yeah, but Kevin, like it's not like Carmelo Anthony, not there. Yeah, but I mean, it's understandable. Like, like I say, it's understandable because the offensive talent is just not on the floor. Like Alex Lynn and Vince Carter are entirely dependent basketball players, and it's. I mean, it's just Trey Young who can do anything. Yeah, you know? that's true. I mean, with Lynn and Carter, that uh, yeah. Like who else? Who else? Who else do you see can? can get a good look, you know, off a of pick and roll or, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's... who, who, who else on this team can really, you know, it was supposed to be Jeremy Lin and, right. you know, until last night, Jeremy Lin was the worst basketball player in the rotation. Uh, and so it's just, you know, just in general, the offensive talent just isn't there. And that's why I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, historian been, Torian's had some great nights um, when his shot is falling. And, again, I feel like if his three-pointer was dropping the last two games, we, 
you know, the turnovers are still a problem, but we may not even be having this conversation. Like, he's going through a shooting slump. The issue is not the shooting slump for me, though. The issue is that when the shooting slump happens, his effort wanes, and he kind of takes himself out of the game, and he, he puts too much pressure on himself, and it just leads to mental mistakes that shouldn't happen. But, you know, like I said, like, they, you know, in general, the team, you, you know, they're asking Trey Young to be – uh, a superstar when he's, you know, he's been good for, you know, he's been relatively good, you know, even for a point guard, but I wouldn't even label him a star yet. I don't, I don't he's, think he's even that close, but you but know, if you could, if like, he's not a star though, let's I say this though, he's drawing star level attention. I mean, that's kind of the fundamental problem. And again, this all goes back to Collins being hurt, but okay. So you've got, you got Trey Young out there and teams are saying, shoot, we got to trap him or he's going to cut us up. So they trap Trey Young. So he's out there with Vince Carter and Alex Lund. Like you say, those two aren't really creating in any meaningful sort of way. They can stretch the floor, but they're not going to make a play with the ball in their hands. Okay, so that means that when Trey gets trapped, he's got to give it up. And it's going to Baysmore and Prince. And there's got to be some you know, advantages there. Because at that point, after he's trapped, the defense is scrambling. So now you're counting on Baysmore and Prince to make the right read, make the right pass, and get something going, albeit, you know, carrying Carter and Len to a certain extent. And they're just not doing it. They're just putting the ball in the wrong place so many times. So, I mean, I mean even, even though Trey Young isn't, he's not, you know, putting up numbers like a star yet, teams are guarding him kind of like he is. Yeah, but you know, um, I don't know. It's <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of the problems are Alex Lynn uh, before last night wasn't playing with the force he needed to play with, which led to guys not really respecting his dives to the rim, which led to less spacing for Torin and Ken Bazemore, which led to them coughing it up more than you would like to see from either of them. Like it's just been a snowball effect of you know if you want to really talk about what the root of the issue is, is that they're missing, you know, probably their best offensive player and John Collins. And the fact that if John Collins were in the game, you had something you can always rely on. Like you, you always know that John Collins dunking at the rim isn't going to take a night off. And, you know, when you don't have that, you have to rely on um, Trey Young's three point shooting and Trey Young, you know, he kind of went through a bit of a bit of a mini slump. Uh, before last night, right. where the three wasn't wasn't dropping. Now, the last two games, it's been great to see with Trey. If we can talk about him for a bit, that he's done a lot better job of getting to the rim and then finishing it at the rim. Um, in general, it's been a relative surprise that he's been this good at finishing at the rim throughout the season. But I feel like the last two games in particular, he's he's really found a way to use the rim to shield defenders from blocking his shot from behind. Right. And I think if he continues to do that, continues to um, use his body to keep use his body to um, you know create separation between uh, between him and the rim, right. and then use the rim. I mean, him and his man, no. and then use the rim as well as a you know an additional you know additional uh, yep. deterrent. Like you know, he should be pretty good because he can finish with both hands. Yep. And you know, he's got he's got a great handle. He can get. And he's done a great job of leveraging his 
elite shot making from three point range to getting to the rim. And I think, you know, Torian's not going to continue to play this poorly or turn the ball over this much. Like, like it's been it's been a rough three games in general, but like the turnovers are going to regress back to normal. And I feel like in general, when they have somebody like somebody as sure-handed as John Collins, like, hey, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to finish. You can rely on him. (laughs) And, you know, just in general, you can get him the ball at the high post and maybe he'll make something happen if, if, you know, the Hawks are struggling to to score a point. Like, he he can make something happen. He can make a move off the dribble, get to the rim, and then do something else. Like, he, he'll, he'll probably have high turnover issues as well, but, you know, there's a difference in that he has the athleticism and the finishing ability to reliably, uh, you know, just get buckets and have an overall impact on the game. Like, to me, a lot, a lot of the Hawks' prob- problems offensively is that they're not getting offensive rebounds, something that John Collins would fix. Mm-hmm. They're not they're doing it. The bigs are doing a poor job of finishing at the rim, catching passes at the rim, and general just making plays at the rim. Uh, before last night, Alex Lynn was kind of no-showing. Um, That's true. Yeah, he was missing and, a lot of layups. You know, yeah, it, and it was just, it was, it, you know, like, hate to keep crapping on Alex, but, like, he, he was just, he, he was having the yips. Like, he was just, he wasn't finishing strong through contact, and it was it was affecting, and the, the bigger issue was that Alex Lynn not finishing at the rim was affecting the entirety of his game defensively. He wasn't getting re- contested rebounds. And then offensively, he wasn't setting good enough screens to get that separation that guys like Bazemore and Prince need in order to create something. Um, but, you know, it's – Okay. Like, yeah, it, it's just – It is what you it know, is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's only so – like, I, I get why Torian is struggling. Like, the shot's not falling. And if the shot's not falling – he can't really get to the rim um, because teams are taking away his right hand now. And so he's really not adjusting to the fact that teams are taking his right hand away and he's, he's pressing. Like, he's like, all right, I, I, you know, he's playing for a contract, you know, next year will be, he'll be up for, you know, that contract extension. And and he sees what his peers are making guys. He thinks he's better than are making more, are making good money in the league right now. So, uh, you know, he sees that, Hey, this is my chance, you know. And if I play well, like I can, you know, I can get, I can get me one of those hundred plus million dollar contracts. Uh, right. So it's, you know, it, it it's, it's. I a hope lot he's of not looking at Andrew Wiggins' deal. Oh, he's definitely looking at Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> oh like no, that. <laughs> that's kind of like the Mitch Richmond in the Basketball Hall of Fame. You just, you can't use that one as a comparison. That'll throw everything off. I mean that's the that's the exact person. It's somebody you think he's. I mean he think he probably thinks he's better than. Wiggins. I think he's better than Wiggins. He sees how much weight? Well, yeah, but I mean he sees how much he's making. He's like, yeah, I should make just as much, if not oh, more. No. Than him. So that's how players think. So I don't. Oh, I, I, don't I wouldn't fault him for that. But uh, I know that's fair. Uh, you know, but you know, it's just he's putting way too much. Like in general, he's putting too much pressure on himself uh, when he's struggling, and he he's got to fight through that adversity and really. Uh, get to what he can always be an asset on, which is his defense, uh, when he when he applies himself. I just wish he uh, would give up the ball a little bit more because he's such a good shooter. Like, just just play in the flow of the offense because his numbers will look better if if he doesn't force it. If he takes that reset, 
and lets two or three more plays happen. And then if the ball comes back to him, he's a really good shooter. Yeah, but I mean, he's young, and that's, that's what that's what young players do, right? They, he's not that young. I mean, like he's, he doesn't. He's not young. Years no, but wise. he's young. He's young. Age wise, his age doesn't matter. He, he, okay. He's young in the NBA sense. That's like, true. It, and also in the sense of his role, like he didn't have this role at Baylor. No, not at all. Like he's young. He I didn't know to. he could. He like if if he was, you know, offensively, he wasn't this gifted, you know, in college. So like this yeah. is this is a brand new environment for him as a basketball player Mm -hmm. so he's really trying to he's trying to learn what he can and can't do and you know this is a time to experiment so i don't i you know it's frustrating to watch but it's not like it's not something to really you know rag on him about you know you you just you gotta accept that hey these these types of performances are going to happen then he's going to have you know a 30 plus point performance with you know, great passing and great shooting and showing all the tools he has in his tool set. So that's just, that's just how, how, okay. I mean, that goes back to my original point. Like it's hard, it's hard to be that consistent type basketball, hard to play with that, the level of consistency where night in, night out, you know, your coach knows what you're going to give every night. You know, that's why, you know, to me, I, you know, said from, early on during the season that John Collins is the best basketball player on his team because, you know, like John Collins knows what he can and can't, you know, he knows what he can do and knows how he can impact the game right. with his energy level and his athleticism. It's easier for him um, in that sense. You know, with Torian, he's not, he's not the athlete that John is. Right. And he's not, you know, he's not as skilled with the ball in his hand as Trey Young. But at the same time, he's 6'8", and he's got a great shot. So, and he's got a good enough handle to get himself to good, um, good spots on the floor. You know, now it's just learning. Um, it's just, it's just learning uh, constraint, like less for him, less would be more. Yes. Um, that's a good way to put but, it. But, um, but you know, it, and, and this, you know, and like I said, like really like it'll get better for him when, right. when John Collins comes back. Like it's I also a new you, coach. It's like they're seven games into a new system. A lot of and, it's and, a lot know, of it's Pierce, the same, Lord, but I mean, it's, and Lloyd Pierce is letting him fail, whereas you know Bud would pull him, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, if 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 Torian was was going to have back back to back turnovers like that, or you know uh, a a messed up turnover, and then he doesn't get back on defense, like like you know right. Bud Bud wouldn't play that, like Bud would just yank him, right. and then he I like, mean okay. Torian would sit. Torian would sit for whole halves. Remember, like if that was if that was the first whatever, season, not the so effort much level last or the season. intensity or whatever he wasn't bringing it that night. Like Bud would just flat out sit him. He wouldn't. It wouldn't be accessible. Like LP is allowing him to fail, and it's like take like it's, experience is gonna. It's kind of apples and the oranges. Experience though. of him failing is going to make him a better basketball player. It, he might not do it this season, but you know, learning, you know, just learning what you can and can't do. I don't find anything wrong with that particular right. when he's trying when the failures he's trying to make is he's trying to make a play for his team that's struggling. Right. But what he but, doesn't understand is that you know while that's great and all, you're really causing more harm than good by you know not playing within the offense flow of the offense like like you know you said you know but that butt you know, comparison though that's not fair because you know it, it, it's he's he was a rookie a lot of it, and now like, he's a third year player who's like starting he's a starter now but wouldn't do that to his starters they just don't have wait you gotta let me that, finish that guy who's undeniable <laughs> oh, um, 
But um, I, you're not you letting know, me finish. To me, it's not that big of a deal. And it's also only seven games, so like it's, you know, he had a great four games beginning the season. His last three have been pretty bad. You know, it's he'll he'll bounce back. I think I think it'll be fine. You that that comparison with Bud though, but Bud treated Tory in his rookie year the way that. You know, like Kevin Herter is getting treated now. It's it's a different comparison. Like, there's a oh, reason. Oh, it's not. It's not. No, 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 no. It's not. It's it's night and day. Torian Prince didn't even play. Uh, like Torian flat out did not even play. That was a different for a team, though. This that was a veteran team. Yeah. So it was like different objectives. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, Torian, you know, you trade. You know, I don't want to rehash ancient history, but you you traded a starter level point guard for the 12th pick in the draft for a wing talent that, you know, you kind of need, and then you not play him, let, let him, like, give him the Keith Bogut, like, give him, you know, 15 minutes a night, 12 minutes a night, instead of running out veterans who don't have a future with the team. Like, all right, he's going to cost you wins, you know, to begin the season, but you're going to need him. And they, they needed him, and, you know, I said this on Brad's pod, but, like, they needed him in the playoffs, and, you know, he had a decent seat. Uh, he had a decent series as a rookie, but, you know, it came a point where, you know, the, the Wizards figured out what he was doing and he really couldn't affect the game any other way. And, like, you know, Bud not going back, like, Bud not playing him through the season so he can learn how to deal with different coverages, how to deal with different adversities, adversities that would affect him in a game kind of limited him as a basketball player his rookie season when they really needed him in the playoffs when he ended up starting. Um, so like to me, hurt, hurt is getting like hurt is getting, uh, if anything, hurt is getting a lot of minutes relative to, uh, you know, what, what we thought he was going to do. If, you know, Mike, Mike Bruno has been played young guys, you know, L Lloyd Pierce is playing everybody. Um, yeah, it's different objective though. I mean, two years ago they were trying to, Kevin Herter, Herter earned these minutes. Yes, exactly. Uh, he earned his, these minutes with his defense. That's right. Uh, and he, you know, he brought it. He brought it. You know, because he was he was based on you know the first preseason games. He was supposed to be in the rotation day one. He lost his he lost his job to Dorsey because Dorsey outplayed him during the preseason. Right. So this is you know, what Bud would have done. Bud would do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and then the difference was that you know once he uh you know once. He got into the game during, you know, garbage time. He started showing some stuff that he wasn't doing in the right. preseason. There you go. And, you know, Lloyd Pierce rewarded him with playing time. He's done the same thing with Omari Spellman uh, to a lesser degree. I've been – I appreciate Lloyd Pierce uh, in general. You know, he's kind of been hiding Omari uh, a bit, you know, just getting him out there where he knows he won't be taken advantage of. And, right. you know, it's been – it's been great for Omari uh, Spellman's development just to get playing time. And he's like uh, Torian. Yeah. Like, he played a different position in college. Like, you watch him out there, and it's like, okay, he's guarding a power forward who can shoot. There's a screen. And, you know, what does Spellman do? He goes under the screen. And it's like, you know, why does he do that? Well, because he was a center in college. I mean, that's – it's just, a you know, a different – you know, the NBA is just a flat-out different game. And then to change positions to boot – it's going to be an adjustment period, but yeah, Pierce is going about it the right way. 
I don't. Yeah, I mean, that said, like Spellman, he he's got to tighten up defensively. Oh uh, sure. A lot of his mistakes are are like it's 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 not some complicated scheme that the Hawks are running defensively. Um, and you know he's just making mental errors that you know kind of aren't acceptable at the NBA level, but. At the same time, they need his offense because, again, like the offensive talent just in general on this team isn't there. Um, you know, really outside of Trey Young, and it's really just Trey Young who's having a positive impact on the game offensively. Everybody else, even Kevin Herter, you know, if he would shoot more, he would, but right. for some reason he's got he's he's got this nervous tick where he's open and he. he or like he's got he's on the fast break and he decides to throw a lob where when the layup is right there at the rim, you know he's not, you know in general Herder for for what he, like Herder's been a much better defensive player than he has been offensive, which is strange to say considering how great of a jump shooter he is and that he does have a handle, but you know he's just not being assertive enough as the Hawks need him to be offensively. Um, but, you know, just in general, it's, you know, at the same time, you know, Herter's passing. Like, there are, there, are, there have been multiple times where it's like, man, I wish Herter was out there instead of, you know, Prince. Yeah. Uh, just because of how he moves the ball. Yeah. And he absolutely. does less. You know, but at the same time, you know, he would be getting more minutes if he shot more. You know, right. just in general. Like, you're, you're out there on the floor as a shooter. Uh, you know, when you grab the rebound, you push the rebound. Go look for your bucket first, you know, instead right. of, you know. Make them stop you. you know, you're 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 Don't. one of the few guys on this team that has a quality handle. Um, you know, Torian Prince, Ken Bazemore, they have, you know, they, their handle is okay. But you see, you will see Kevin Herter multiple times beat his man on the dri- off the dribble and then pull the ball back because he 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 doesn't want contact. He doesn't want to like he doesn't want to take it strong to the rim. Like you know, if he keeps you on, he he's going to get fouled or he's going to get a layup. Uh, you know, he doesn't. You know, it, it just goes to what I thought, you know, initially watching him in the preseason was like he doesn't really trust his body um, physically because he, he is slight and he doesn't trust that he's going to, you know, finish through contact. But what he's doing instead is that he's getting, he's gaining an advantage, but he's not punishing the defender for, uh, for you know, for getting beat. So right. there's really no downside to – there's no there's – no, like there's no downside for him making a great offensive play. If it's almost the opposite play. problem of Prince. Like Prince will continue to take a shot even after even the when defender the is not there. he doesn't have the advantage. Exactly. And Herder is just the opposite. It's like he'll gain the advantage, but he's just trying to stay in the flow of the offense instead of doing it. You know, taking taking the full offensive advantage of whatever opportunity he creates when it's there in front of him and just passing up open looks that when he has them, um, because, you know, you know, it's, it's the NBA and guys close out quick of anything, but at the same time, he's got a great release and a great, you know, a quick release. And, uh, you know, it's going to be relatively tough to block his shot considering he's that tall, Mm -hmm. you know, you should really trust, trust his talent more. A lot I find a lot of hurdles problems that, you know, maybe he doesn't realize how talented he is. Um, just both physically and skill-wise. And, you know, the Hawks, 
like the, the Hawks, you know, we came into the season thinking offense was going to be better than defense. Their defense has been fine. It's their offense that's been just dastardly where – and it's not Trey Young. Like, Trey Young's getting them great spots. Trey Young's getting them into great positions. But it's just a bunch of guys um, not really reading the floor as well as they should be or re- not being as aggressive as they need to be in, in Herder's case. Yeah. I mean, I still – when you have – I mean, again, this <laughs> this – the same caveat a hundred times Collins is hurt, but you know, when you say that they're fine defensively, like somehow the Trey young, Alex Len, Vince Carter, when those three are out there, it just doesn't work defensively most of the time because you know, Len, you know, he's fine in terms of when he's out there, you're going to play drop pick and roll coverage and he's going to take away stuff at the rim, but the mid range it's that's what you're trying to give them, but it's still too soft. Like it's just a really wide open mid range. And so that's problematic. And Vince Carter, you know, he's, he makes sound decisions defensively, but he just can't press up on his man closely enough. He's always two steps too far back. And then, you know, Trey young, I've been impressed with him defensively when he's on the ball, when he's off the ball, Mm -hmm he gets lost too much. Like there's just too many times where his, you know, he gets beat on something where there's a rotation and he's supposed to catch a guy coming around the backside and he doesn't get it. He just doesn't mm-hmm. away from the ball. He doesn't realize things quickly enough. I don't think this is going to be a long-term problem. I think he'll get used to it over time. But right now when, when he's on the weak side, just, you know, every now and then he'll get a nice steal with anticipation, but some of the stuff he's, he's just not protecting the weak side of the rim enough. There's too many things are slipping in behind him when he's, he's, you know, trying to play in space on the weak side. I mean, yeah, this is all true. Uh, that said the bench, the defensive unit of the bench has been great. And just, yes, you know, absolutely. Through, through seven games, they have the based on basketball ranks. They got the 15th ranked defense in the NBA yeah. on a, uh, based on their defensive rating. And, and again, it yeah, would get better star, with Collins. And it, it's already gotten yeah. better with Deadman. Deadman's been – he's been on defensively. Yeah, they, get, they get Deadman – you know, Deadman being back has been a plus. They get Collins back. That really pushes Vince Carter down into the periphery where now, you know, you got somebody in John Collins who can really help the starters with his athleticism. They've, they've missed uh, – Poitras as well defensively, uh, even though he does make mistakes in transition. You know, he may, he'll, at the same time, they, they miss his athleticism at the four because, you know, ideally I imagine, you know, really to me Spellman is a five. He, he plays his best basketball at the five, but at the same time he has to be paired alongside a very good defensive four like Poitras or, you know, we, you know even John Collins who has the athleticism to – compensate for what uh Spellman lacks right on that end of the floor um but yep. you know overall overall to me that like yeah the starters have been bad but like I, I don't you know they don't they don't the starters don't play 48 minutes and it's not even the most like Lynn Vince Carter you know that's not the most used lineup on the team it's you know Denbury plays more than both of those guys now 
So it's like, you know, who and that with dead men back is you know, it's just whatever. It's, but it does matter they, because they, their problem has been falling behind early in games, and that's the unit that's out there when they fall behind. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, <laughs> well, what else are they going to do? Like, no, I know. We know that's a problem. Like, okay. I, I, I don't want to harp on Vince Carter being bad defensively. Like, that's yeah, he's forty-one years old. I know. That's uh, I that's how I play defense. I don't want to get. They don't have going to the rim time after time. They don't. They don't have anybody else, you know, who right. can even, you know, right. play before. I'd rather have Mitch Carter and Omar Spellman out there, and you can't really play Dwayne Dedman and Alex Lynn together. Um, right. So it's, it's just Carter like, Lynn was a, a pairing that was really never meant to be, and just injuries forced their hand that way. And not only are they together, but they're together as starters, which is awkward. Yeah, but they're not. But but at the same time, they're not losing games because because of this or that they're losing games because they can't score uh the last i checked they were before last night they were the 30th ranked offense in the league and now they're 29th you know they have the fastest pace right. and they are getting up a bunch of threes the problem is they're not getting to the free throw line and they can't convert at the rim like they're, they're not getting quality looks at the rim they're not getting to the free throw line you're just not going to have a good offense it doesn't matter who you got on the floor uh you know they're too reliant on their three-point shooting which mm-hmm. you know in the best three-point shooting teams, it comes and goes. But, you know, those those teams can get to the rim, which is why it's been great to see that Trey Young is starting to do that now because that's what he needs to do for this team as one of the few guys who can do that. Hopefully, uh, you know, Jeremy Lin can build off his performance. Jeremy Lin and Alex Lin both can build off their performance from last night because they need them. They need both of them uh, to do more because those guys can, you know, they, they – they, they can make plays at the rim, you know, in different ways, naturally. But right. you know, mean, at the same time, they that that's what they need because that's that's what like I, I don't want to. I mean, it, it sucks that John Collins is on this team because they really, really need John Collins to be able to be in the game finishing at the rim. Because you have no I mean, other finishers, that, there's just not enough. Yeah, the only one, other guy is Alex Lynn, and you know he he's been bad at he's, it. Yeah, he's struggled for whatever him. reason. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Oh crap! Well, you have me. <laughs> um. Oh, going back to Jer- no, is Jared? I want to talk about what you said about Trey Young, but actually, going back to Jeremy Lin, like he already looks like he's gotten over the doubt of, hey, when I get the ball, I'm going to put it down and go right every play, even if I'm open for the jump shot, because he was he was hesitating on his jump shot really badly for a week and a half and now it looks like you know when he gets an open jump shot he's going to take it which that's that's half the problem like he doesn't have he doesn't have a blow by step anymore but at least when he's open he's just like i'm gonna shoot it it's been a couple two and a half games or something now where when he gets the ball he puts it up which i think you know that's that's half the battle and the rest of it is you know getting healthier and keeping your mind in the right frame of mind as you get healthier. But I, I think that's a good first step for him. I don't know. We'll it was, see. It's it was not getting like he ugly. Was, he was pretty bad at the Sixers game uh, to the point that, you know, Lloyd pulled him pretty early. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the first half, he only played three minutes because he was like he wasn't shooting and he wasn't doing what he needed to do. He brought it against Cleveland, but – with Jeremy, we'll see. It's it's just going to be a game to game basis with him um, until he gets his confidence back up and is 
athleticism starts to come back to where, you know, and his jumper comes back where he feels like he can, you know, take that shot without hesitation. But, you know, it was a good sign in general just to see him shoot it because that's what they need. They need guys. They need guys. They need Herter and Lynn shooting more in general because mm-hmm. they can do and they got the skill. And they need Alex, They really need Alex Lynn to, to finish his layup because uh, at, at the moment he's the only guy who can really put pressure on the rim. Uh, you know, Deadman's really more of a pick and pop guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just it's one of those things where you know Alex like he's got to be better, and uh, you know hopefully he can be so that. You know, this offense can have some more room so guys like Torian and, and Kent can have a bit more room to make, you know, the, you know, so that they can have a that greater impact on the game offensively and really show what they do best. Uh, but, you know, all this comes back to John Collins being hurt and they really don't – they just don't have that guy at the moment who can get, you know, consistent – who can finish consistently at the rim. Okay. Um. You mentioned Trey Young, you know, finishing at the rim, using the rim as kind of a shield. Mm-hmm. It, he reminds me a little bit of, and I got crapped on for this. I think I think I said it during the one of the the first game at Georgia Tech there against the Pelicans. You know, he reminds me of Wayne Gretzky in the sense that he's the smallest guy on the court, but where he has his impact is when he almost plays behind the goal like Gretzky did, like Gretzky would hide behind the other team's goalie, you know, between the, the goal and the glass. And he was, you know, getting ready to make a play from, from inside out. Trey Young kind of has that impact just because he keeps his dribble alive. I mean, his tan, his handle is so tight that he's never pressured really to get rid of it. And, you know, other than the times where he's like double teamed or trapped. So, you know, when he drives, if he doesn't like his chance at the rim, he can just kind of take his time. I mean, he he's good enough to just be patient there and look to see if there's a pass that he can make or if he can just keep going for another couple of dribbles on the other side. You know, if he gets to that spot that's directly under the rim, he's good enough with both hands in both directions that even if there's somebody there, you know, he can kind of make space just by picking whatever side is advantageous. It's Steve Nash. That's what Steve Nash used to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a basketball player. Yep. Um, you know, and it's what you got to do when when you're not that elite athlete. Um, you got to be more patient. You got to be more. You got you. You just got to do more. You gotta you gotta realize more what what's going on. What the defender is trying to take away from you as a basketball player, and what you can do as an offensive player to you know get that quality look. Um, yeah. I mean, Trey's got all the skills. Like, it's funny. Like, he has all the skills he needs to succeed. And, you know, really, it's just him trying to figure out how to apply them on on a case-by-case basis on what defense is trying to do or what individual players are trying to do to him and really just apply the tool set that he has in order to combat, combat the defender. Um, you know, Trey's been great. Uh, his shooting is going to regress back to to the mean. Right now, he's only shooting like 34%. He's a much better uh, three-point shooter, and he's getting great looks. He's just like the last, like you know, it's just been a it's been a complicated issue where they. I don't, they, they, they I don't think he's getting great looks though. Like he uh, he he gets difficult looks, don't you think? 
I mean, if if the hand's not in his face and he's open, like he's getting separation, uh, something that was a concern to me. Like okay. if the shot's going up and, uh, you know, there's no hand in his face. It's a great look, whether he gets it off the bounce or whether he gets it off the catch. Uh, so I, like to me, I find I find the looks are not the issue. Like he's not taking, it's not like he's taking forty, you know, shots from, that many shots from half court. When he does take shots from half court, it's from uh, or not half court, but like thirty plus feet away. Right, thirty. They're 30 primarily been, they've been primarily catch and shoot. Right. Uh, he's gotten some great he's gotten some great looks off the bounce, you know, right at the three point line. They just haven't dropped. Those will drop. Okay. Uh, just because of the amount of separation he's getting just the quality of shooter that he is. I'm not – like, shooting is not concerned with me with Trey Young. Uh, right. If he was taking bad shots, I'd be, I'd be dissing him about his bad shots. The only bad shots he takes at the moment are his terrible floaters from, like, 17 feet away or, like, 20 feet away. Like, he – I hate every time he takes them, even when they go in, I, I find it to be, like, they're, they're just not good looks. Um, and, you know, he's better than that, but, you know – he has such great touch. He, he can fall in love with, you know, with that floater a bit too much. I prefer him to take, you know, if he's going to take that shot, you know, take a jump shot, you know, don't take a floater. Like that's, that's a worse, that's a worse shot. Does uh, he have time to get a jump shot? If you're like 15, he does. let's say 15 feet. He, you think he's got a time to pull up from the free throw line? Uh, Not from, or know, from what distance? Feet, he, like nineteen feet. You you notice the floaters he takes that are from twenty, you know, twenty eighteen feet. Like he will take a floater from jump shot range where he has a jump shot available. Okay. And the guy's on his hip, and instead of taking the jumper where he can potentially draw a foul, you know, he's taking the easy way out and he's just taking a floater because that's available to him when, you know, it's just not a really great look. Like, you know, set you know, take take a jump shot. You're a great jump shooter. Okay. You know, trust, you know. Like you know, if if it gets blocked that one time, it gets blocked. But hey, it's better. Like I, right. His flo- like his floaters from, like the floaters from so far away that it, it's just like come that on. That makes sense. Like you, you gotta you gotta recognize where you are on the floor. Uh, and but those That's fair. he, you know, those are the only bad shots to me he takes. Okay, I have a Outside question for you. You yeah, said you yeah. had to go in an hour, so let me get this in before you run away. Uh-huh. All right. Next week, this is all hypothetical now. Next week, uh, let's say Kent Bazemore gets traded. Who who should be the starting two guard? Herder, probably. Do you think if it's like a week away, that that's um, who you would start? Yeah, just because I really like Bembry off the bench. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe. You know, you get Herder on the floor. Cause just because of how good Herder's been defensively, I think you can do that. And, you know, he's, you know, if you're going to trade Kent Bazemore, you're kind of echoing where you're trying to go as a team this season. Uh, you know, so, you know, that's, you know, that's a hypothetical. We'll see if that happens or not. But uh, if that does happen, I would imagine uh, Herder would start just because of the shooting. Um, and the defense, you know, he has the best combination of that from the wings off the bench. Uh, so, and like, you know, Bembry, you know, 
he's been better as a jump shooter, but at the same time, you know, you probably preferred him to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time, whereas right. you so know, if he's starting, Trey, it's yeah. gonna be yeah, it's gonna be in Trey Young's hands. And right. while you know, while you can do that, you know, that's fine and all, but right, you know, when when you're playing alongside, you know, Torian Prince and John Collins, you want you want your best offensive weapon to have the ball in his hands and both sure. have be, you know, Trey Young compared to Bembry. Right. So Bembry's minutes could go up, but you'd you you'd put Herder there as Yeah, as like just for, you know, the more the additional shooting and just sure. and also because, you know, defensively, just how well he's played uh defensively. I mean his defense has been outstanding. Yeah. Uh, like I've I've been like for a rookie to be this good defensively and it's not just the, that he's been in great position he also has the athleticism and the and the height to really affect uh jump shooters and ball handlers like that's that's something i didn't see from at all so and he he knows know. what's going to happen like he's athletic yeah. but it's it's i mean there there's nothing weak about his game at all like his athleticism its size and its anticipation like there's no there's no oh this is the NBA things are happening differently. I mean he's recognizing things instantly. Like he he's making great reads. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean it's been it's been remarkable considering his age and his you know right. You know just everything you know considering his size too. Like he's not the biggest guy, but at the same time he's finding a way to affect the game. Right. Uh, you know defensively when he's out there on the floor. Yep. And you know his rebound has been outstanding too. Like he's just been, he's just been great. Like he, he overall, even my complaints as a shooter, him not shooting the ball enough, he's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, as a basketball player, he's just been a good basketball player. Yep. Um, and he's been, you know, he'd be in the rotation of any team if he played like this. Like if he played defense like this, he'd be in any team's rotation. So he'd be in whose rotation? A, any team's rotation. Oh, any, I thought you uh, named a team. Okay, sorry, I got you. No, no, no. I thought you were saying like in, uh, I thought you were saying like Indiana or something. I, I got, got nah. <laughs> All right, but uh, did we leave anything out? Yeah, been, anything you wanted nah, to put in? I think we covered. Uh, the Raptors are the second best team in the NBA. I think I said that before, but I'll say it again. You know, even with them losing to the Bucks, I Kawhi is trying to win MVP this season, so I got. It's going to be tough, like, in the Bucks, you know, the Bucks look great, too, so. And it looks like the Celtics are getting back, are getting back to it a bit, game by game. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, the Eastern Conference, you know, they got a, they got a tough four with the Sixers rounding everything out. So, it's been, you know, it's been fun to watch, you know, other teams play, but uh, the Raptors have been really impressive. Do you really believe in the Sixers? I'm I'm getting a little bit skeptical. I think they're rounding it out. I didn't I didn't say they were. Like I don't. They they need more shooting, right? And yeah. then, I mean, there's nothing much needs to say about Fultz. He's been bad. Uh, he can't shoot, and his shot when he does shoot, it looks terrible still. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what they do. Uh, but they they need they need some reinforcements uh, badly. Yes. Maybe they, maybe they can bring Corver home. Yeah, it's probably the likely situation since you know I, I, they don't appear to be that creative on what they want to do as a basketball you know as a in, in terms of roster construction. 
um, them going, them going and getting Wilson Chandler felt like a, I don't know. They could have done more. Yeah. And well, they, they tried to get Bielitsa and failed, and that would have been a good move. That would have been he's he's better than Bellinelli and Ilyasova combined. Like that would have been a really good move, and and they didn't get him. Yeah, but you know they. I don't know. There, there was other stuff this off season they could have done. Oh sure. Uh, yeah. That they, they, they didn't. <laughs> they kind of punt. They, they punted on this off season, looking for next off season. But, but to me, I don't see any big star going to play alongside Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. You know, it's just they don't they don't have that relationship with the guys who are free agents this season. So it's it's going to be another off season where they're going big star hunting when instead they need to find complimentary role players for the stars they already have and this is their um, last chance too right yeah after well after this off after season. this off season but you just said they're not going to get anybody this off season but that's it that's their last chance yeah but they can they can they can get quality basketball oh sure at sure the same time like you know they, they, can, they can go they can go get you know the basketball players that they need uh to round out this roster to make it a contender right uh you know they can't. They're they're probably not going to get a Kawhi Leonard, but that doesn't mean they can't go after a Kimball Walker, or you know, you know that would that, be interesting. That's somebody who would really help that team <laughs> with the shooting and playmaking. Right. Playmaking, right? Um, so you know there are things they can do. Um, they probably you know, it ideally, folks become the basketball player he was at Washington. And then, but you know, we'll see with him. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it then. That's a wrap. Yeah. So let's see. I get my three words right here rate, subscribe. Wait, and no, I did it backwards. Subscribe, rate, review. There we go. I got them in the right order that time. Subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, review. Yes, All sir. Right. All right. <laughs> Have a good one, Tyler. You too.